I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, we're turning on the tube and counting them down. I'm Jeff Braun. It's the best TV of 2018. We begin with season 37 of a show that bounced back hard after a crappy season 36. The greatest social experiment on television is back with a modern take on one of the most intriguing matchups of all time. This is Survivor, David versus Goliath. This show continues to be such a solid performer for CBS in the U.S. and on Global here in Canada. And it continues to be a solid performer for the Couch Potatoes. Now, season 36 sucked. Earlier this year, Ghost Island, it was just bad. The people were boring. I quit watching it more than halfway through the season because it kind of hit me that I just did not care who wins. This season, almost every person left is still super interesting. There are people I'm cheering for. There are people I hate. It's had great challenges, great new twists, and they've been hit by two cyclones this season. So they have not had an easy time in paradise, but it's been great reality television. It's just been fun. Looking forward to seeing who wins. Netflix's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was a lot of fun this year. I broke up with Bobby, and it was worse than I could have imagined. Oh, no. He killed you, and now you're a ghost? I don't want to make sexy pottery with you. Last night, I saw Mikey going into his apartment with another man. Are you sure the other guy was gay? Everybody's gay, Kimmy. It's the 90s. From Tina Fey, Kimmy Schmidt is the same kind of loopy humor 30 Rock was about a naive young woman making her way in New York City surrounded by just the dumbest people, especially her roommate Titus. They did a shorter season this year, but it is coming back in January for the series final seven episodes. I thought it would end up being a bigger deal than it was, but it has been a great four seasons. Next up for me is AMC into the Badlands. I've come to offer you salvation. All I ask is that you submit to your Messiah. Fire! Join us or die. For its first two seasons, this show almost made my top ten. It stepped up its already impressive game this year and just blew my mind. Into the Badlands is a post-apocalyptic martial arts fantasy epic and is incredibly fun. It has the best fight scenes on TV. It's the most colorful show on TV, in my opinion. It has just stunning imagery and a unique and inventive story. Season 3 also ended on just this bonkers cliffhanger that left me desperate for more. I love it. Next up for me, comedians in cars getting coffee. I'd rather be a brain in a jar talking. Their bodies are friends. You're like a toy person. I'm a pick and stick guy. Couple of real know-it-all. <laughs> I can watch any sport when it's do or die. You might enjoy the Christians versus the Lions. 
If you've never heard of comedians in cars getting coffee, it is exactly what it sounds like. Jerry Seinfeld picks up a comedian or comic actor in a fancy car, and they get coffee and shoot the breeze. They used to release these in half-dozen batches that they called Seasons on the website, but then Netflix struck a huge deal with Jerry and acquired a comedians in cars alongside it. A lot of good ones this year. It was great to have the show back, but now that it is on Netflix, they dropped all the episodes at once instead of a week at a time. Used to be a new ep every six, every week for six weeks, twice a year, spread out nicely, and for 12 weeks a year, I had something to look forward to. Now I burn through them all in two days and have to wait 52 weeks for more, I'm sure. The Netflix method has its pros and its cons, and that's, right. that's one of them. You watch it all at once, and then a year and a half later, when with season two of whatever show you're watching comes out, you can't remember what happened in that first season. Uh, although I wouldn't remember anyway because I forget things. Next up, the NBC tearjerker, This Is Us. To me, you are every part my son. They will not let this break us. Mrs. Pearson, your husband has died. I want my kids to be okay. I want my family to be okay. I wish for a baby. I met the girl. You met a girl? No. The girl. This is us. This is us continues to deliver just excellent family drama every week, although it appears to be trying to make us cry. Used to be every episode did make me cry. It's been a while now, though, perhaps because I'm just used to the formula. It's still great, though, and season two, episode 11 in particular, had this intense family therapy scene, one of the best scenes of the series, and then season two had a solid finale, season three got off to a wicked start, and the third season has been dabbling with flash forwards to go with its signature flashbacks, so at least it's innovating this year and letting us know that all is not well with our beloved characters. And the fall finale gave us a great cliffhanger reveal to leave us wanting more heading into the Christmas break. Did Jack yell, we have to go back, Kate, in one of the flash forwards? Yes, it's actually uh, <laughs> a, a spin-off of Lost. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Be. Yeah, Jack uh, from Lost met Jack from This Is Us, <laughs> and uh, they fought. Nice. Yeah. They had a mustache off. Netflix's animated show, Big Mouth, is one of my faves. That's right. I'm back, you mother. What's my lifespan? It is unclean. That's a foul-mouthed ladybug, a recurring character in one of the best comedies out there right now. It's an animated show about middle school kids going through puberty and get horrible advice from hormone monsters, shame wizards, and of course each other. It's hilarious and very dirty, but it also has a lot of heart. There's really nothing like it, and I'm thrilled it will be back for a third season. As for this announcement recently from Netflix... What the hell is going on? They apparently can't find a promo clips that are fit to air either. It really is a wonderful little show. Again, a hard R for language. Highly recommended. Oh, shit. What these is going to do? I'm shocked to admit this next one is in my top 10 because it's always been a fun show, but a fringe show for me. But it's gotten consistently better with each season, season rather, and season five was no exception. It's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Life is a fragile thing. You must cultivate the beauty and prune back the rest. Agent Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's come to save us. 
Who are you? I'm one of the true believers. Believers in what? In you. What the hell's going on? We're in space. So one thing we have done yet. Any idea what that is? Have you ever seen an alien movie? Yep, they went to space, and not only did they go to space, it was the future in space. It probably should have been stupid when I saw that they were going to space. I thought, what? This is dumb, but it was amazing. Complete with one of the best villains we've seen yet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We heard him at the beginning of that clip. He's a Kree leader named Cassius, with actor Dominic Reigns avoiding the stock villain performance. He instead gave him some real depth and genuine anger, leading to one of the most satisfying moments for me on TV this year when he lost his temper at the climax of an episode. It was great. I just kept watching it over and over and over as he blew his top. The season also had great visual effects and tons of emotion. I'm glad I didn't give up on this show because it has been a great ride. And now we come to the first of five couch crossovers, shows we both like, Elementary, a show that has had its up and down years, and this year was one of its best. Watson! I have returned. Need a detective? What is that? That's a person. How do you feel about a trip to the morgue? Sherlock has you covered. He's running. Barely. And there goes the towel. Stop right there! What, should we help him or...? Well, normally I would, but Mr. Roselli couldn't be more unarmed. New Elementary. The irritating part is that CBS gave the show the runaround on its schedule. Season 6 didn't debut until April 30th, about two weeks before all the other shows on the network wrapped up their seasons. It was weird. The finale aired this past September. So I think a lot of people probably thought it wasn't even on anymore, although PVRs do have a way of remembering to record the things I forget about. Elementary had a stellar season, the overarching story involving a serial killer, but the little stories of the week were the real highlight, I thought. They found a new gear, not every Everything was a murder mystery like in the other seasons, and there just seemed to be a dose of freshness injected into everything. The show has been renewed for a seventh season, but no word yet on when that may debut. And as Jeff mentioned, there are five Couch Potatoes crossovers. I was surprised when we each shared our list. There were five matching shows, which kind of allowed us both to sneak in more yeah, yeah, yeah. of our favorite shows, so we didn't have the same top ten. So another one of those Couch crossovers... You could call it a terrifying couch crossover. Is up next as we look at our favorite shows of 2018. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes, and we are counting down our favorite TV shows of 2018. And when we made up our lists, I had it narrowed down to 15. You had yours narrowed down to like... 12 or 13. And I was surprised to see that out of those shows, there were five that we're calling the Couch Crossovers. We've already gone through one of them, which was Elementary, which aired its sixth season on Global and CBS, and it was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And now we come to an AMC anthology series called The Terror. As a trusted friend once put it, this place wants us dead. What could have done there? There must be a bear. A bear did that. Found only one set of prints. Large, 20 inches across. I do not believe it is an animal we battle. Not a man, not a bear, and what? Whether it was our grief or fatigue, I cannot say, but some of us became convinced that it continued to track us. Here, back to the ship. It's the ice, Georgie. It's only the ice. 
the Terror is based on the best-selling book from 2007 by American author Dan Simmons. It's a fictional account of the search for the Northwest Passage. The real event happened in the 1840s. Captain Sir John Franklin's lost expedition to the Arctic with two ships, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. The novel and the AMC series follow Franklin and his crew as they deal with starvation, illness, mutiny, cannibalism, the cold, and just for fun, they are stalked across the frozen Arctic by a big monster. Anchored by a great cast, including Jared Harris, Kieran Hines, and Tobias Menzies, the terror was dark, claustrophobic, scary, gripping, and excellent. There will be a second season. It's going to be set in the Second World War. Jeff, I know you like World War II stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be about a specter that Ooh. menaces a Japanese-American community and follows it from Southern California all the way across the Pacific. One of my favorite shows, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, was back this year for its 13th season. What is sexual harassment? Who's ready to party? Tons up, tons up, tons up, tons up. <laughs> you don't really have any history of misbehavior at Patty's Pub. Just pop it up. Oh, this yeah. is fun. Oh. I'm using lemon juice and hot glue to close up the wound. The wound being a disgusting-looking bloody nose. Kids, don't use a hot glue gun to play doctor. Danny DeVito is disgusting in the show. Sonny's a show about five miserable friends who own a dive bar in Philadelphia. They scheme against each other and anyone to get what they want, and it's always hilarious. It's also been renewed through season 14 on the FX channel. I always say any show should call it a day after 7, but Sonny's one of those rare exceptions. Benefits from the fact that it basically keeps the status quo week after week. The larger story doesn't move much, so long as they can keep the jokes fresh, it all works. They haven't dated each other into oblivion at this point, or got married, or added a bunch of kids to the mix like most shows do by now. Matt came out of the closet and drastically goes up and down in weight, but other than that, it's the same as it ever was. And they do weird things sometimes. This season's highlight was a clip show in which they made up memories that weren't theirs. Well, where's my money? Who caved? <laughs> Not me. Not me. No. What are you guys looking at? Oh, there's a naked woman across the street. Ah! <laughs> this is going to be the easiest money I've ever made. <laughs> I'm out! <laughs> yeah. That's like one of the best memories of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah, it is. It is. The only thing is, though, is that that wasn't us. You guys are remembering an episode of Seinfeld. So they inserted themselves? They pretended that they were on the they, other side? They rebuilt the Seinfeld set, and they dressed in the same clothes that the characters in Seinfeld wore in the scene. And there's side-by-side -side comparisons of it working out in uh, in unison together. It's insane, except that they had one extra guy, so two of them were Jerry at the same time. <laughs> That's great. I'll have to check that out. I've, I, I have long wanted to watch this show, but no, we've been so talking about it since like season eight. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's too almost too far gone. But maybe one day. I got the DVDs if you want them. Next up for me from the History Channel, Vikings on the next Vikings. Oh, I, okay. I would give my life for you if you asked me to. If this is the land of the gods, where have they gone? You are an incredible woman, Lagatha. I cannot give you up. I have always loved you, Lagatha. Like your Lola, then I will die a happy man. A new army of Danish Vikings have sailed up river. May God help us. Ah! 
The show just returned a few weeks back for the second half of season five. Much to my delight because this show about Norse Vikings who raid and pillage distant lands or their own backyard is big, soapy, violent, and fun. The back half of season five had some intense drama and some of the best battle scenes ever created for a TV show, maybe just short of Game of Thrones. It also has some of the most sweeping cinematography on TV, taking advantage of the beautiful locales in Ireland, Norway, Iceland, and even Morocco. Next on my list on Netflix, it was a stand-up comedy special called Adam Sandler 100% Fresh. I'm heading out, and all I'm taking with me is my phone, wallet, keys, yeah, phone, wallet, keys. Just those three things, please, need my phone, wallet, keys. Got my credit cards in my wallet, got my phone, you can call it. Master lock on my front door, that's what my keys are for, my phone, wallet, keys, yeah, phone, wallet, keys. Good things come in trees, need my phone, wallet, keys. It's a nice mix of songs, stand-up, and stories. A nice blend of all his different sides. He's musical, he's goofy as hell. And then he does some talking like a grown-up. For such a mishmash of general silliness and normalcy, it comes off surprisingly unweird. Nothing sticks around long enough to become tiresome. Undoubtedly, though, part of my enjoyment came from my expectations being very low. Didn't have high hopes when I hit play, and then I realized, oh, that's right. Adam Sandler's actually hilarious and incredibly talented. He's just made a lot of terrible movies. I laughed all the way through the special. It also gets pretty poignant near the end. I'd love to talk about that, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. The other cool thing about it was it's compiled from five separate performances at varying sizes of venues. Big amphitheater cuts to small club cuts to 2,000-seat theater. For a regular stand-up show like Chris Rock did a few years ago, that can be distracting. But Sandler's show has so many small, little, different kinds of bits and little minute-long songs and things like that that it worked out very well. Coming up next, one of my favorite shows that actually never makes it into the top ten is in this year. We'll tell you why as we count down our favorite shows of 2018. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Ron, we are The Couch Potatoes. We are counting down our favorite TV shows of 2018. Next up, a show that has unfortunately been cancelled after three seasons. It's another one from Marvel, Daredevil. I used to listen to people asking for help. That's what I was trying to do, was help people. But I was fooling myself. Darkness only responds to darkness. I'm Daredevil. Daredevil was on Netflix, the story of a blind superhero who lost his sight, but the rest of his senses were heightened, so now he fights crime. It's dark and dramatic with solid action and fight scenes, including an 11-minute single-shot prison riot. 11 minutes. It's crazy they were able to pull that off with no edits, all in one take. Just incredible. But the best part of the third season was the return of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I have made many mistakes, but I accept the debt I'm paying because of them. Prison has changed me. What is it you're saying? I want to make a deal. Kingpin is once again the primary bad guy after not playing much of a role in season two. D'Onofrio imbues the Kingpin with this calm and even gentle demeanor. 
All while, however, conveying an explosive rage that is bubbling just under the surface, ready to explode at any moment. Season 3 was mostly universally praised, but Netflix dumped it after they dumped Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And I'm guessing Jessica Jones and The Punisher will likely get dumped after Season 3 and two of those shares air, respectively. I haven't seen it yet, and even though it has been cancelled, I actually, I think that's going on my list, Season 3 of Daredevil. Yeah, if you liked the first season, you'll love this one. And I haven't watched any of the Iron Fist ones or the Defenders and I'm, or the Punisher. I'm probably behind on the other ones as well. But still, I really, really like the first season of Daredevil. So maybe I'll give that one a shot. Yeah, season two was a step back with yeah. season three. I think might be my favorite of the three. Netflix's BoJack Horseman is often the funniest and saddest show on TV and often during the same episode. I'm on this new show, Philbert. I'm Philbert, star of the show. Hey, everyone. BoJack's here, ready to shoot. You say you want to get better and you don't know how. I'm not someone therapy works on. I might be too smart. Would it kill you to smile? You say you want to get better and you don't know how. Is this like an AA thing? No, I don't need AA. This is going to be a sensational season of television. It's confusing, which means the show is daring and smart. If you've never seen it, get on it. It's an R-rated animated series starring Will Arnett as the voice of BoJack Horseman, a horse that's also an actor who was a sitcom star in the 90s. He drinks way too much and tries to get his career back on track. The show is humans and animals. They all walk upright and talk. It's super weird, but very funny and often very dark and real. It's hard to pin down, and it's one of the best shows on TV. The show also stars Allison Brie, Aaron Paul, Amy Sedaris, and Paul F. Tompkins. There are five seasons out now, and if you're looking for a holiday, holiday binge put bojack horseman at the top of your list this next show probably doesn't belong in anyone's top 10 it's not the best show on tv but it's consistently even in its 14th season one of my favorite shows on tv yet i never included in my top 10 so screw it i'm including it this year it's supernatural thursday march 29th the winchesters get animated Cartoon. Cartoon. I'm, I'm a cartoon. cartoon. We're in Scooby-Doo. That's the Scooby gang. Dibs on Daphne. <laughs> Supernatural. All new Thursday, March 29th on The CW. Sam and Dean Winchester hunt monsters, they fight demons, and save the world every season. Heck, they even worked with God one year. And last season, as you just heard, in March, they worked with Scooby-Doo. It never has big ratings. In fact, it's one of the lowest-rated shows on TV, but its small fan base is the most ravenous fan base on television, and it will follow the show to whatever time slot the CW moves it to. It's always the first show I watch on my PBR when it is there. So why isn't it ever in my top ten? Well, it is now. An editor's note, I did include it in my top TV shows of the decade when we did that. Oh boy, eight years ago already. And it will probably be in my... No, it will be in my top ten of the (laughs) 2010s when we reach the end of this decade. Time for another couch crossover, one of our favorite sitcoms. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the Andy Samberg cop show, had a great year on the screen and a very up and down year off the screen. First the good, the Backstreet Boys cold open in which Samberg gets the guys in a police lineup to sing for him as the murder witness only heard the suspect singing. Number one, could you please sing the opening to I Want It That Way? Really? Okay. You are my fire. Number two, keep it going. The one, 
desire. Number three. Believe when I say. Number four. I want it that way. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. Now number five. I never want to hear you say. I want it that way. Oh, chills. Literal chills. It was number five. Number five killed my brother. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. Classic. I think that'll go down as the moment of the series. The season had a lot of great stuff, like Jake's proposal to Amy. Technically, that happened in 2017, but part of the season that ended in 2018. An earned, heartfelt moment in a show that's usually very silly. The season ended, and then Fox cancelled it. Jaws dropped, including ours. Brooklyn Nine-Nine isn't a ratings monster, but it has a passionate audience. Almost all my friends watch it, and the internet exploded at the news. Looked like it was a done deal for about a day and a half, and then NBC swooped in and rescued the show and there was much rejoicing. It still hasn't started its new season on NBC, but it will return in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I guess the, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I understand the new trailer is all diehard. Yep. I didn't watch it either. I didn't want to. I was like, let's just wait till after Christmas and then we'll get excited about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I, I kind of don't want I, I want to see it when it happens in the show. A yeah. lot of times TV trailers, they give away too much, like especially new shows. If you watch the trailer for a brand new show, it'll be like four minutes long and it's essentially the first episode <laughs> in four minutes yeah. where they give away the whole pilot. I know. So yeah, I'm a little reluctant to watch that trailer, but maybe I can sneak in a clip or two. Next up, another couch crossover. It's a perennial top five finisher and it's my second favorite show of 2018 it's the breaking bad spin-off prequel better call saul strictly gainful employment and in 10 months poof i'm a lawyer again why don't you stop running the game on me and just tell me about the job step into my office fair let's talk about fair i decide what he deserves Stubbornness and persuasiveness are two of my top qualities. Better Call Saul is about sleazebag lawyer Saul Goodman before he became a sleazebag lawyer. His real name is Jimmy McGill, and while he's not a bad guy, he definitely does not mind playing fast and loose with the rules, and this show sort of shows how... He descends into Sleazebag as he gets more fast and loose with the rules and realizes he can get away with it. It took a one-note character from Breaking Bad and made him complex and easy to sympathize with, and the show has managed to flawlessly set the groundwork for other major components of Breaking Bad, particularly the characters Gus Fring and Hector Salamanca. It's also the most methodical show on television. It's not afraid to hold a camera shot, just hold it for a long period of time. There are many scenes with little to no dialogue, even with just people doing simple, mundane tasks. Yet every single frame is utterly fascinating. Very few shows are made with this much care. Great acting, great writing, cinematography, directing, you name it, it is excellent. And now, one more couch crossover. Every week, I look forward to The Good Place more than anything else, I think. The NBC and Global sitcom is about a group of people navigating their way through the afterlife. How is it possible that all these things happened to us, but no time passed on Earth? Did you go back in time to save us? Uh, I didn't have to because of Jeremy Barry. This is the timeline in the afterlife. Happens to kind of look like the name Jeremy Barry in cursive English, so that's what we call it. Sorry, I'm... My brain is melting. How... 
10 events happened before the ones that happened before? Just the way it works. It's, it's Jeremy Barry. I don't know what to tell you. That's the easiest way to describe it. Okay, but um, what the hell is this? The dot over the eye. The hell is that? Okay, um, how do I explain this concisely? This is Tuesdays and also July. And sometimes it's never. That's true. Occasionally, that moment on the Barami timeline is the time moment when nothing never occurs. So, you get it. This broke me. Uh, the dot over the eye. That broke me. I'm... I'm done. Cheedy trying to decipher the dot above the eye. I rewound that four times the night it aired and watched it over and over and over again. I don't know. That just did it for me. The Good Place is pretty much perfect in my book, thanks to a lot of things, including the performance of Ted Danson. I remember when Ted Danson started doing that show, Becker. I figured my time with Danson was done, but he keeps popping up in the best places. We'll call Becker the low, and I can't imagine he was terribly interesting on CSI because no one was, but he was amazing on Curb Your Enthusiasm and that season of Fargo he did, and now the last couple of years on The Good Place, where he plays Michael, the liaison from The Afterlife, who's in charge of four recently deceased humans and the future of their souls. There have been a ton of twists and turns in the two and a half seasons we've seen so far and in the next one and a half seasons will be a lot more, I'm sure. They've decided to already to end it after four seasons, which is the right decision because it's the most heavily serialized sitcom I've ever seen. It would be detrimental to the show to drag it out and you can only get away with so much before twist and turn wise, before it starts feeling cheap. Ted Danson, not the only good performer. The show is stacked. There's no weak link. Kristen Bell, William Jackson Harper, Jamila Jamila Mill, Manny Jacinto, and Darcy Carden all killing it on a weekly basis. The Good Place, there's just nothing like it. I, I agree. I love The Good Place. Ted Danson delivers a VIP performance yeah. every single week. I will point out, though, my dad, Smash Gordon, yep. loved, he really liked Becker. He liked Becker. I think a lot of people like Becker. There was... I was I, maybe it was just me. Maybe I was just in the mind space of it's not Cheers, so it's garbage. Because Same here. Cheers was number one for me for so many years. Yeah, I, I didn't go out of my way to watch it, but, but when I would catch it, go over to my parents, and he'd be watching it. I'd, I'd sit in and think, well, yeah, this is pretty good. And CSI, no one was interesting on CSI. <laughs> Come on, now. I don't like CSI. I didn't watch it through to the end, but I liked so many Wasn't seasons it the of CSI. Same every week, though. Yeah, but they, they had those gripping montages set to electronic dance music where oh, they yeah. would forensically evidence the, the shirts and the blood and spatter and whatnot. Okay. <laughs> it was fun. Up next, our favorite shows of 2018. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes, and we are counting down our favorite TV shows of 2018, and we have made it to our favorites, our respective number ones, and my favorite show of 2018 in the absence of Game of Thrones, comes a show that was described by critics as Game of Thrones in space. It's called The Expanse. The station will kill everyone on both sides of the ring. My people are dying, and I'm supposed to do nothing. Hate is burden. You don't have to carry it with you. I never should have left. We are trapped in the black and fighting for our lives. Everything we do here is to buy one more chance to live. Yeah, until the end. 
based on a series of books. The Expanse is set in the expanse of space, a couple hundred years into the future, where we Earthlings have colonized the moon, Mars, and the asteroid belt beyond Mars, and many moons beyond that. And everyone hates each other. Everyone's at war. There is intrigue, mystery, action, remarkably great visual effects for a show that hailed from the sci-fi network. It airs in Canada on space, by the way. Oh, and there is a mysterious alien force that threatens to doom them all. It is just amazing. It is an ambitious show, which was unfortunately cancelled by sci-fi, but thankfully it was quickly resurrected by Amazon Prime. You're lucky because your favorite show, Game of Thrones, is coming back next year. Yeah. My favorite show is done forever. My pick for show of the year was the final season of The Americans. There's trouble back home. What are you talking about? Something came up. One of our couriers went over to the Americans. It's been a gold mine. We're going to get the illegals here and all over the country based on what we're learning. The Russians are sitting down with us in public negotiating this big treaty, but behind our backs, they're still on our weapons and our technology. We've been mad about this a long time. I get why, but this is it now. We believe in something so big. They tell us what to do, and we do it. But we do it, not them. So it's on us, all of it. The Americans is the show set in Washington, D.C. during the Cold War of the 1980s about an all-American family who are really secret KGB spies. Their neighbor's the FBI agent on their trail, only he doesn't know it's them he's chasing. The finale was terrific. It did a great job closing off the stories they've been telling all these years, but leaving the future open, sort of opening uh, questions of what could possibly lie ahead for some of the characters. You could literally have made four or five awesome spin-off shows. So, an open-ended finale, but in a deeply satisfying way. It also checked off a lot of the boxes we knew it had to, as far as certain characters confronting other characters, finally, after all these years. It also had some hard luck endings or partial endings for characters, and we knew that had to happen, too, even though some of it was a bummer. Overall, satisfying, well-earned, a great end to a great run of one of my all-time favorites, and I'm certainly going to miss the Americans next year. That is it. Our list, our favorite shows of 2018. We have about 45 seconds left. We'll just mention a couple of honorable mentions. Another Marvel show, Marvel's Runaways. This is a show about teenagers who learn that they have powers and they kind of end up fighting their parents. Mm -hmm. Intriguing because it's set from the perspective of the kids, but we also get a lot of perspective from the parents, and it was really good. And that new season actually debuts next week. The Magicians Season 3 made its way almost back into my top ten. It had a really entertaining musical episode. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time watching. I only watched 43 shows this year compared Yikes. to my usual 60 to 65 because <laughs> I've spent, I've been watching 24 seasons oh. one through three. Hey, speaking of 24, I've been watching Elisha Cuthbert on Happy Ending seasons one to three. What the heck? Great, couch year, great year for that. Yeah, great <laughs> year for Cuthbert and the Couch Potatoes. We're going to count down our favorite movies in a couple of weeks. We'll do our Christmas special next week. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Make sure you get the podcast wherever you find podcasts. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.